You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we get started with today's episode, I want to make sure that you know that I'll be teaching a free masterclass the first week of April all about how to overcome overwhelm. If you ever feel like the weight of your family is on you, on your shoulders, and you are about to collapse underneath the load of it all, this class is for you. I will teach you three actionable steps you can take to start reprioritizing your responsibilities and shifting your perspectives so family life feels more manageable and less overwhelming. Sound too good to be true? Well, the class is free, so you have nothing to lose by signing up and coming to see if I can help you. The Overcoming Overwhelm Masterclass will be offered twice during the first week of April, so you can choose the time that is best for you, and there will also be a replay. Just go to 3in30podcast.com slash masterclass to reserve your seat. That's 3in30podcast.com slash masterclass. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 17, Three Keys to a Happier Marriage. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I vividly remember a fight that my husband and I had early on in our marriage. I, of course, don't remember what the fight was about because that's the way it always goes, right? But I remember that it was late at night and I stomped out of our bedroom into the front room of our tiny apartment in a huff. I then lay tragically on the couch with the pillow over my head, waiting for my knight in shining armor to come and say just the right thing and smooth over whatever issue I was mad about that night. Well, I waited, and I waited some more, and I started to get angry, and I could picture him back there just being stubborn and refusing to come out to comfort me, and so I think I started calling out pathetically needy things like, you don't even love me. (laughs) And when there was no response to this drama, I finally stomped back into the bedroom, sure that I was just going to confront my insensitive husband. And I found that he was actually, you guessed it, sound asleep. He was a very tired dental student at the time. I think I chucked a pillow at him, which didn't rouse him in the slightest, and then I huffed some more as I got into bed, feeling sorry for myself that my husband hadn't made all of my worries go away. I'm happy to say that in the decade or so since that night, I've grown up quite a bit, and those types of dramatic scenes don't really happen anymore. But as we all know, Relationships of any kind aren't easy, and marriage is the most intense, up-close, and personal relationship we have in this life. So yeah, there are going to be conflicts and little resentments in marriage over the years. But there can also be remarkable happiness, and I know that that is what we all want. Wherever your marriage is at right now, whether you're doing well but would love to just be a little bit happier or you're really struggling and wondering if you can even make it, today's episode is for you. Today's guest, Jody Moore, 
is a life coach whose business has exploded in the past several years because of the super wise principles that she teaches about how we can adjust our own thoughts in order to achieve more happiness in our relationships with other people. Jody teaches that happiness is a skill. It's something that we need to learn how to do and then work on it and practice over and over. She teaches women the tools that they need in order to master the skill of happiness through her coaching business and her own awesome podcast, which is called Bold New Mom. Many of you already know Jody through her work, and I'm just so honored to have her on 3 and 30 today. So Jody, welcome to the podcast. Rachel, thank you for having me. That was a lovely introduction. I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> well, there's no doubt in my mind that you can. Everybody that I've told that you're coming on the podcast has been so excited. Your work definitely precedes you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So I know you've worked with hundreds, maybe even thousands of women in your life coaching business. And I was just wondering, how long have you been a life coach? I was trained as a life coach almost four years ago. I'm coming up on my four-year anniversary in a couple months here. Okay. So and not too long. Mm -hmm, not too long, but you do it in a way where you reach a lot of women through your podcast. And then also you have a membership um, mm -hmm. program. I know that many, many women can be coached by you at the same time. So I feel like you have really have your finger on the pulse about of what women struggle with. And so I wanted to just ask you first, how often would you say that questions about marriage come up in your coaching? Oh, gosh, I would say it's at least 30% of what I coach on mm -hmm. is the marriage relationship for sure. Okay. So yeah. it is an extremely important relationship that's really important, I think, to the wellness of a person, a family, mm -hmm. children in the family. And, yes. I, and I love that so much of what you teach, like I said in the intro there, is really about changing ourselves and mm -hmm. learning how to think better so that whether or not we're married, whatever the relationship is, we can be happier in any relationship in our lives. Would you say that's true? Yeah, definitely. And and sometimes when people hear that, they think that I'm saying it's your fault. You're the one who needs to change. And what I'm saying is actually this is the best news I could give you because you can control you. You can't always change the other person. Right. In so. fact, you never can change the other person, right? <laughs> right. If they don't want to. I've tried. Trust me. It doesn't work. Yeah. So that is really hopeful to think that you have control. You can change yourself and have more happiness in your marriage or any relationship. So I do just want to dive right into the takeaways because I, I know I'm going to have lots of questions for you and I want to sort of play devil's advocate on some of these because um, you kind of, I feel like you have a little bit of a tough love approach um, mm -hmm. where you're like, ladies, you decide if you want to be happy or not. So mm -hmm. let, let's start with takeaway number one. What is your first okay. takeaway for um, how to have a happier marriage? Yeah, well, the first thing I teach all my clients on this topic is that your relationship with your spouse or anyone else is just the story that you tell yourself. It's the story you tell yourself about your spouse and about yourself in relation to them. And 
The reason I use the word story is because it helps you recognize that it is optional. Um, a relationship isn't a tangible thing, right? It's not something we can taste, touch, feel, smell. And in fact, when your husband leaves for the day and goes to work or wherever he might be, when you're not with him, your relationship still exists, right? And the same relationship exists. It just, it exists in your mind. Mm -hmm. So this is really important to recognize because you get to choose what that story is going to be. And many people, when they start telling me about their relationship, they think they're just telling me the facts. They're telling me it the way it is. And what I like you to see is that that is just the story you've told yourself that then you're looking for evidence of and you're contributing to the truthfulness of it. And so my recommendation is that you make it a story that you like. Hmm. I love that. And I've heard you say um, in other episodes on your own show that mm -hmm. it's like you're on a debate team and you can mm -hmm. you can find if you're if you're assigned on a debate team to defend a certain side whether or not you mm -hmm. believe in that side you will be able to find evidence to support it because right. that is what you're looking for and so in your marriage or your relationships start looking for evidence to support the story that you really want to live in your life yes Totally. So for example, if let's say my husband tells me he's going to take out the trash, but he doesn't. And I know this is like a minor example, but it's a good one to work with. And then I make it mean things like, see, he just doesn't care about me. I'm not that important to him. Or like you talked about in the beginning, right? Like when your husband was mad at you and you thought he just doesn't even love me. <laughs> if that's the story you start telling yourself, then just like you said, Rachel, the eye sees what the mind looks for. So uh, suddenly everything that happens, I'm viewing through the lens of maybe he doesn't really love me. Maybe I'm not that important to him. And I will be able to find that evidence for sure. Mm -hmm. It's so not useful though, because right. first of all, if you think about it logically, it's, I love this example where I'll ask my clients, okay, so then what you're believing is that he thought, you know, I should take the garbage out just like I told my wife I would, but I don't love her that much. So I think I won't <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Of course, that's not what happened, right? He didn't think about it. He forgot. He's not good at remembering things. He's not good at details. He, whatever the reason it's about him, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we make it about us and then we, we find evidence for that. And then we fuel that problem, right? Because then my husband comes home. Now I'm really cold to him. Maybe I'm angry. And guess what? He's not too excited to be around me when I'm acting that way. Yes. So that's how we, we even make it true. Like we show up as our less lovable selves um, when we believe that story. So we contribute to the truthfulness of it. And it's so toxic. And you can just decide to change your story anytime you want to. Right. And the, you know, conversely, if you decide that you have a really loving, close, warm relationship in marriage, you're going to show up that way and you're going to mm -hmm. be more lovable and more fun to be around. And right. he's going to want to surprise you more and be close to you more and all those things. Right. Absolutely. And I've thought about this in the context with motherhood because um, there is an Instagrammer that I follow. I don't really follow people that I don't know, but there are just a handful. And there's mm -hmm. one Instagrammer that I follow. Her, her handle is Kelly E. Jensen. 
She's a mm-hmm. kind of a big one, and she just makes motherhood look so magical and blissful and happy. And mm-hmm. I've often thought, like, how? How does she? How is motherhood this way for her? Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, motherhood is really hard, and there's so many down days and hard times, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, how does she do that? And one day it occurred to me that. She has decided that that is her story. Like she, mm. she adores her children. She talks about how she had, I think, something like thirteen miscarriages before, and she's just like, "I love motherhood, and this is the story." I mean, she doesn't say this, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think that what's going on is mm-hmm. she's decided that that is the lens she's going to see her life through, and so um, that's. That is how she lives, if that makes sense. And so I'm like, it's true. I could do that too. Like, so you hear with social media people saying, like, it's not real. Like, that person's not real. And I'm like, well, it is real because she's deciding to live that story. And maybe my story is I'm deciding to be a grumpy mom with a messy house and crying kids, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. but I can change that story anytime I want and decide that I'm madly in love with my kids and then I'll start seeing evidence to support that more often. And I'll start seizing opportunities to make it match the story that I'm telling and reality will start to maybe match more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it is so tempting for the brain, right? To move into self-pity or into a victim place. Um, It's very tempting. And we all do it at times where we want the thing outside of us to change or to make us feel better or to stop making us feel bad. It just feels like to the brain an easier way. But the, the problem is, is that you give away all of your own power when you do that. If your kids are the reason that you're overwhelmed or your husband is the reason that you don't feel appreciated, then you're powerless. They mm-hmm. have to change for you to feel better. Mm-hmm. So when you take it all back and you just decide, I get to choose how I want to feel no matter what. And I do want to mention, Rachel, because I know some people listening have serious things going on in their marriage. We're not just talking about not taking the garbage out. We're talking about you know, a spouse who has a pornography addiction or who's been unfaithful or who speaks in a really um, not kind and not respectful way. Like all of this is real and happens. And so I'm not suggesting to people that you should let people mistreat you ever. Mm. I want, I want them to set boundaries. But again, if the story, like, let's take a real extreme situation. Let's, let's say if I am in an abusive marriage, Okay. I'm still stuck in that situation because of the story I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. So if the story I'm telling myself is, I can't get out of this. I don't know what to do. Um, I'll never make it on my own, right? Any of that, that's the reason people stay in an abusive situation. Mm. Like, right, it needs to be a more empowering version of, I'm not going to live my life this way. I'm not going to tolerate this. So this isn't to say that you let people mistreat you ever, but what you look for, you will find for sure. And if you believe I can't do this on my own or Um, I deserve this or anything like that, you're going to see that and create that in your life. Right. That is such a wise distinction there um, beyond just taking out the garbage and things. So thank you for that. Yeah. And then what is your second takeaway? Yeah. So my second takeaway is that each of us is 100% responsible for our own emotions 
That's an important concept. And along with that is that we are not responsible for our spouse's emotions or for anybody else's emotions. So this is again, another challenging concept for people. Sometimes this isn't about just feeling happy all the time and joyful all the time, right? Marriage, like anything else in life is going to be half positive emotion and half negative emotion. Half the time it's going to be challenging. And what's important though, is that you keep the ownership over it. When you recognize I chose to be hurt in that situation, or I'm choosing to be irritated when my husband does this thing or doesn't do whatever I want him to do, then again, you're keeping your own power and your own ability to create whatever result you want in your life. So that's a really important concept to own all of it. And then secondly, and possibly even bigger that I've seen make a huge impact for people is not trying to control my spouse's emotions. So if my husband is really worried and stressed about something, it sometimes feels like compassion for me to get worried and stressed with him, Hmm. right? That's kind of what we (laughs) believe is like, I should be worried if he's worried. But the truth is that is so not useful, right? Because Now we're both worried (laughs) and now we're both stressed and that is not going to help us find solutions. That's not where we access that part of our brain that has tons of wisdom and creativity and energy that doesn't come from worry and stress. So it's much more useful for me not to jump in the pool with him, for me to stay neutral. Like I see that you're worried. I'm so sorry that you feel that way. It's totally fine for you to feel that way. It's understandable. Even I'm not worried. I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to totally figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes I can take his emotions personally, like right. when he's in a bad mood or I'm like, well, I need to fix this or, you know, like, especially early on in my marriage, I think that I expected that I would be kind of like his happily ever everything, you mm, know, right. like, <laughs> and it's like, it's not the way life works. Like he's still going to have bad days and he's still going to be grumpy and angry and that's okay. And I don't need to fix it all the time. And I can just keep loving him and supporting him. But I can be happy. Like you said, it's not productive for me then to also be grumpy and discouraged and worried because he is. You're yeah. right. And and what happens when we do that is then we, we desperately want them to stop being grumpy so that we can feel better. Mm. Right? Yeah. But sometimes he wants to be grumpy or needs to be because he's also a human who's going to have 50% negative emotion. And so you just have to let go of it by just, I do it through, um, I just remind myself, he doesn't have to be happy and I can still be happy. He can be stressed and worried and it's okay. And he wants to be right now. He needs to be for some reason. And it doesn't mean I have to be, I'm responsible for how I feel. Let me allow him to just have his emotions because he's going to anyway. And if he's responsible for his emotions and we're responsible for our own emotions, that also means that we can't expect him to fix ours. So we're not fixing his and he's not fixing ours that we have to, you know, take, fulfill our own needs, which I think is something that I learned the hard way early on. Cause I wanted yeah. him to read my mind and to fix everything. Right. Yeah. And again, people have resistance when I say, no, you're not married so that you can meet one another's needs. Um, instead you're just like, I'm responsible for my needs and he's responsible for his. And the reason that I'm married is so I have someone to love. Mm, right. And yeah. I've loved that when I've heard you teach, like, just remember that he's someone to love. 
So I, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little on this one. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Which I'm sure you get all the time with women's scenarios and their situations. So, um, I mean, because one person's emotions do does have a big impact on the rest of the family. So if he's really critical of the children, for example, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and he's just always like, it feels like he's just dragging everybody down. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not responsible for his emotions, but they're affecting everybody in the house is what it feels like. So mm-hmm. what do you what do you do there with that? Okay. Well, so in that situation, I have had this a lot with clients, is I recommend that first they have to keep the ownership, right? Your husband isn't dragging you down. You're having thoughts that are making you feel down, which is fine. So again, w- what you have to do is take a look at what is the story you're telling yourself about what's going on. Often in that situation, the story they're telling is, my husband is really critical of the kids. And then I'll say, so what? And they'll say, well, I feel like it might not be good for my kids. Maybe that maybe it's going to be harmful in some way. Maybe it's going to hurt their confidence or something, right? Maybe that isn't the way they're supposed to be parented. And what I remind them is you can absolutely make requests and communicate with your husband. And I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to have conversations about, hey, let's get on the same page about how we're going to parent. And do you really think that's best for, for the kids? But in the end, you can't control him. And if he wants to be critical that might be what your child needs, right? And it might be what they need because maybe it is going to help them in some way, but it also might be what they need because maybe it's going to be really hard. Maybe it is going to hurt their confidence. And then ultimately they're going to have the opportunity to overcome that and become a stronger, better version of them because of this challenge. Hmm. But you do everything you can. And again, you protect your children Like you have boundaries and limits on your children too. Like I'm, it's different if my husband is being critical than if he's going to hit them, Mm -hmm. right? Or verbally abuse um, them in in a way that goes beyond just criticism. Yeah. And so I should say that a boundary is basically just you basically are going to protect yourself or your children if necessary. So it would be, listen, I'm not okay with you swearing at the children. If you do that again, I'll take them and we'll go for a drive and we'll come back in a few hours when you're calm, Mm -hmm. right? Something like that a boundary. But, um, most of the time we're not talking about that extreme. Most of the time we're talking about, I just think that it's kind of harsh the way he says that, right. Or his tone, or he gets angry or he, whatever. And that is absolutely like communicate, make requests. But if your story is, this is my children are not having the life experience they're supposed to have, then you're going to feel frustrated and stuck. That kind of brings me what we were talking about earlier to the third takeaway, which is that, Every person on earth is worthy of love just as they are. Ultimately, love is where we're trying to get to. Love is always going to serve you best. It's going to create your best results for yourself because love feels really good, but it's going to also drive your best action. You are your best, most creative, most confident, most genius self when you're operating in love. And one of the things my clients tell me when they start describing their spouse, and they usually do it in a nice way, like, I'm so lucky that he does all these things well, but (laughs) there's the (laughs) follow-up, right? But I'm just stuck with this one thing. And what I point out to them is you're choosing not to feel love for your husband. Why are you choosing that? in that moment, right? When he does that thing that you don't like. And they'll say, well, it doesn't feel like 
how could I love someone who does that, right? How could I love them in that moment? And so when you just really strip away all of your expectations about what he should or shouldn't be, I even go so far as to use the analogy, like think about the way you think about your puppy or your dog. You don't have expectations of him. He's just there for you to love. And people get really upset when I say that. They're like, my husband is not like my dog, but (laughs) it's an analogy. It's a metaphor, right? And the point is that if you decide you just want to love him because every human being is worthy of love, then you will show up and you will have a completely different experience in your marriage. Mm -hmm. So what if they are as you referred to earlier, like abusive or Mm -hmm. something like that? Are they still worthy of love? And how do you do that? Yeah, great question. They're absolutely still worthy of love. It doesn't matter what's happened. Now, at the same time, that doesn't mean that I want to stick around if somebody's abusive. So kind of like the example I said earlier is like, look, I feel best when I love people because if it's just like, if I'm angry at someone, my anger doesn't hurt them. I have to feel angry and it feels terrible, right? I don't project anger onto them. Same is true with love. If I love somebody, I get to feel the love. They don't feel my love. They feel their own emotions. So if I'm in an abusive situation, my, what the story I want someone to get to, the thought I want them to get to is I can love this person and never see them again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be much more challenging for me to love them staying here, being treated this way. So I'm going to love me first of all, and you do have to love yourself first in order to do this work, right? I'm going to love me enough to remove myself from this situation, whatever that looks like. And ultimately, this is what forgiveness is about, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can forgive someone who's done something terrible and love them if I want to, and I would do it to reward myself because I would get to feel the love. Right. So yeah. these three principles, I feel like they're, they're huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that, that's, that's such a quick overview. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if you have like suggestions for actions that we can take to remind us of the principles. So can you tell us what mm-hmm. the three principles are first and then sure. maybe give us an idea or two of, some actions we could take to try to live sure. these principles? Yeah, definitely. So the first principle is um, your relationship is the story you tell yourself. Make it a good one. Choose your story wisely. So I'll just give, if you don't mind, I'll give some actions as I give these. Yeah, perfect. Um, one of the things that's a really great exercise to do is just get out a piece of paper and and think about your marriage and write down all the thoughts that come to mind. And don't edit or judge them. Just let everything come out. And then stop and take a look at what is the title of my story? Hmm. If I take a look at all these thoughts, is the title of my story, I think I married the wrong guy? <laughs> or <laughs> Right? Or is it, and I've heard women say that, and they don't recognize it's just a thought. I've also heard women say, oh, but I'm married to such a great guy. I'm so lucky I married such a great guy. And I'm like, that is just your story. That's not a fact. But it's a great story. Let's Mm -hmm. keep that story, right? So just make a list and decide what is the title of my story and then what do I want the title of my story to be? You just decide I want the title to be something much better, more empowering, like um, we're figuring this out. Even like a more neutral story, right, would be better. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the second 
is um, the second thing I talked about is you're 100% responsible for your own emotions and you are not responsible for your spouse's emotions. Um, For this exercise, I would really say that just to notice the next time your spouse is in a grumpy mood and like journaling is always a good way to get this down on paper. But what I like people to look for is mirroring. Am I mirroring his emotions? Am I mad that he's mad? Am I, um, am I negative about his negativity? (laughs) Right. Am I judging him for judging me? So look for ways that you're mirroring. That's you trying to control their emotions or giving them your accountability for your emotions and just decide I don't have to mirror. It's harder to do. I have to focus on it, but you can totally not mirror. Okay. And then the third thing um, I talked about, every person on earth is worthy of love just as they are. So ask yourself, um, again, this would probably have to be in a journaling prompt, but this is going to be especially valuable if you're in an argument or you're really stuck on something with your spouse. What is the solution that feels most like love? Hmm. I love that question. It's just a great question. Yeah. To kind of open your brain up to what feels like love for everyone, right? Love for me, but also love for him, love for the children, love for whoever's involved, what feels most like love and just kind of see what your brain comes up with. Mm -hmm. That's great. And one that I thought um, that fits with, I think several, if not all, but definitely at least one um, takeaway number one and takeaway number three Mm -hmm. is at times in my marriage, I have just put a sheet of paper, like white typing paper Uh Um, on the bathroom counter so that I see it every night when I'm brushing my teeth Mm -hmm. and I'll write a note to Ryan or I'll like, I'll write down one thing that I loved about love about him or loved that day. And, Mm. um, so it's like you were saying what you focus on, you'll see. So every night I'm like, okay, he is worthy of my love. Even if we've been arguing or whatever, what do I love about him or what good thing happened? And I'm looking for evidence of the story that I want, which is that I have a very happy, close marriage right. and I'm writing that down. And then um, there's been times when he then has, you know, I don't force him to, I don't ask him to, but then he's grabbed a sheet of paper and started doing the same thing back to me. And oh, I love it. That doesn't go on forever, but um, right. I actually have been thinking lately that, you know, we may just need a little boost right now. We may need that. And mm-hmm. honestly, I may need to do that with my kids right now um, and mm. focusing on the great things about them. And I really, one thing that I love about your work is that it's so widely applicable that all three of these things right. apply to motherhood or any relationship. Where any relationship, yeah. Just want to be a little bit happier. So Jody, thank you so much for coming on and doing some coaching for us. Um, yeah. If they want more of you, where can they find you and what are you offering right now? Well, like you said, I have a podcast called Bold New Mom that, that people can check out, but I also um, offer um, about every month or so, I do a public, just free call that I call ask Jody anything. And so I would say for anybody listening, it, it, you know, the challenge is, okay, but what about in this situation? What about in my particular situation? I don't understand how to, would this apply to me? And that's why I do that call. Mm. So if they go to my website, boldnewmom.com and just click on the work with me page, it will take them right to that free 
public call where I can help them, um, help anybody listening with any particular situation, whether it's about your marriage or anything else I teach, we cover everything on that call. Um, and then I also on that call, let people know about my, uh, my online coaching program and just other options for anybody that wants more help from me. And if you don't, that's fine. Just come and get some free help. But if anyone wants more help, that would be the place to start. Great. Well, it's been so great to have you on. And on a personal note, I just wanted to acknowledge how much it means to me, who's just a podcaster starting out, to have someone who's established and respected to take a chance to come on here and share your wisdom here. So I truly appreciate the time that you've taken. And I know that these takeaways are going to bless a lot of marriages. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Could you hear me taking notes while Jody was talking? <laughs> I'm sorry for the scratching noise, but man, those are some deep concepts that she teaches. And they are not principles that we are going to be able to just implement right overnight. I'm going to have to look at my notes and probably re-listen to this podcast and slowly but surely try to apply these principles in my daily life. And since it's the week of Valentine's Day and I love holidays, I actually planned for a special little gift for all of you to help all of us to remember what Jody talked about and to build happier marriages and relationships. The gift is a beautiful printable of these three keys to a happier marriage that was created by a friend of mine because I don't know how to make printables. <laughs> And I'm hoping that you can go to my website, which is 3in30podcast.com, and you can download that, print it out, put it on your mirror or somewhere where you'll see it, or you can just save it um, on your phone and use it as like the home screen. So you can look at it often and review and remind yourself of what you learned. Now, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about who made the printable, and that's my friend Natalie Hansen, and she too has a podcast. It's called Babes Unpaused. She is a young mom with a nine-month-old baby and a husband who's working full-time to support them and in school, and she's just a great role model for young women. So if you know anybody who you think would be interested in her message, send them over to Babes Unpaused. And if you're new to the 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast, maybe you came here for Jody. I hope that you'll come back. We have so many great episodes in our archives. And next week, we're going to have another great guest talking about marriage. I thought that since it's February, we could do like almost a two-part series. Jody, I feel like really taught us some great principles. And next week, I have Celeste Davis from the website Marriage Laboratory, who I feel like really teaches practices, um, things we can do to live out these principles that Jody talked about. And this podcast is not just about marriage. We talk about every topic that can affect mothers. And there have been some great episodes with such wise guests. So I hope that you will stick around and keep coming back for more. And also find me on Instagram at 3 and 30 podcast, where I'm very active and often post further thoughts about the episode that we just had. And I just want to end by saying thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here listening. 
and for sharing these episodes with the people that you care about. The podcast is growing and it's really exciting. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for the work that you're doing in your homes and have a great week with your family. 